Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Get ready, folks. Get ready. Take neuroprotective compounds. You may need them. The dendrites, the axons are about to be trimmed. There is so much liberal stupid packed into today's show that I'm genuinely afraid you're going to need like an SAT refresher course to gain some of your IQ points back. You may lose after this. Now, you may say, you may say. OK, well, why are you even going to talk about yes. this? Right. You may say you that, may Joe. Say that. Folks, because you will never know how to fight back in 2020 unless you know what we're up against. And ladies and gentlemen, man, are we up against some really, really stupid. Stupid people. Here we go. Welcome to the Dan Bongino hey. Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? All aboard. Last train to Domville. Yeah. Track 19. <laughs> Here we go. Track, yeah. <laughs> tip the red cap. They'll get you on track 19. Get you on the stupid train him, soon. Yeah. I do that up at Amtrak yeah, sometimes. Oh, I didn't know where to start. I have to give Paul the rundown for the show. And there's so many dumb video clips and things. Of course, Joe gets to cheat and see him before the show. Uh, but really, you do have to know what TDS level six, Trump derangement <laughs> syndrome level six, the highest level possible looks like. So we got a lot of that for you. I got that. I also want to get into some serious stuff. This fight with China is getting a little ugly, but it's important. Uh, I'm not going to get too wonky into the economics, but I do want to explain to you, China could fight back and could launch a pretty devastating weapon, economic weapon, that is. So I just want hmm. you to be aware of both sides of that. All right, let's get to it. Today's show brought to you by buddies at iTarget. The iTarget system is the best system out there right. for improving your marksmanship with your firearm. Ladies and gentlemen, two things matter for your firearm owner. Safety, 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 and your marksmanship. That's two things. Four words. Very, very important stuff. Now, you can go to the range. Of course, that's how I improved my marksmanship for years. But the range can be inconvenient. You should go. You can go. You got to clean your weapon. You got to find a range, purchase the ammunition. Uh, sometimes it's not conveniently located. What's the best way to practice in the safety and security of your own home? The iTarget Pro system. I want to thank my friends at iTarget Pro for, Pro for quite possibly one of the coolest gifts and one of the best training tools you can have out there. Get this for the firearm owner in your life. iTarget Pro is the first dry fire training system to combine smartphone technology with the industry's best laser round. Using your smartphone, this is cool, their app Tracks a laser round, which fits in the firearm you have now. You don't have to make any manipulations. You empty your weapon, check it, check it twice, drop that laser round in, depress that trigger on the laser round, and it emits a laser onto a target they send you. Now, instead of dry firing and guessing where that round would have gone, dry firing meaning firing, uh, depressing the trigger on an empty weapon, you can now see exactly where they would have gone. You could work on your marksmanship, your sight alignment, your sight picture, all that good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, isn't this better than getting some goofy gift for someone else? This is the time to do it. It's also available, the iTarget Pro system, in 223 and 556 for your AR-15 fans out there. Save time, save money, take your skill to the next level safely and effectively with iTarget Pro. That's the letter I, Target Pro, 10% off plus free shipping with offer code DAN. I, the letter I, TargetPro.com, promo code DAN, save 10%. You're going to love this system. It is really terrific. Can't recommend it highly enough. All right, let's go. Way off on that one. <laughs> By the way, thanks to Tuker Flags or whatever sent me customized. Oh. Look at this, Joe. Customized Dan Bongino <laughs> show red flag. Look so today that. we're going to throw some red flags. We're going to be under the hood for oh, a few the yeah. entire show today. So yeah, send me a yellow one too. Jay, I got all kinds That's of cool. stuff. This man, gavels, gadgets. The Dave Cricket, of course, the referee hat from Jose. All right, here's a first story. MSNBC, uh, MSDNC is stunned. President Trump yesterday. Went out to El Paso and right. Dayton. 
uh, to visit with first responders and the victims of the tragedies this weekend, those horrible attacks we saw. Uh, President Trump went out there, and MSNBC, I wanted to play his videos for her, is absolutely stunned at the response. Check this out. Mm. Me, Jacob, you've been in El Paso talking to the community. What's the feeling there about the president's visit? Eddie Munster here. Well, Ali, given the way that the president has talked about Latinos uh, and Latinos make up uh, the vast majority of the population of the city uh, of El Paso, surprisingly uh, positive is the way that people are responding here in the wake of the shooting. I see um, calls for unity um, and a great spirit of together. (laughs) (laughs) Again, we really need that scene. That scene from The Hangover, the dopey brother laughing scene. <laughs> to... Joe, how has the president spoken about Latinos? Gross. What? He hasn't said anything bad about Latinos. What has he said bad about? Good. So let me get this straight. Yeah. Because the president objects to policy-wise yeah. and apparently ideologically, illegal immigration, that's somehow a knock on Latinos? Now, um. That's kind of a racist statement to me. So what are you suggesting? That everyone who comes here illegally is Latino? Or everyone in the country here who's Latino is an illegal immigrant? What are you saying? Because both of those statements have really serious racist overtones to them. Hmm. What are you saying? And it again, it goes back to this liberal dumpster fire of an ideology where they, I don't I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it's just stupid, but I've got a lot of this today. <laughs> the reaction of the media and the liberals to President Trump. It goes back to this liberal idea that somehow Hispanic, Latino, Spanish, Mexican, Colombian, Venezuelan, Ecuadorian, people from Guatemala, wherever you may be from, Central, South America, Spain, Spanish-speaking countries, however you choose to identify yourself, whoever liberals choose to identify other people, that if you are a non-white Spanish speaker, you somehow are obligated to vote for a party that wants to take away your freedoms. And if you don't, you must be some kind of an idiot. And it's a huge surprise. Bingo. In other words, Joe, yeah. Hispanic voters and Latino voters must clearly be automatons and robots. Ah. My mother-in-law is Colombian. My wife's Colombian. They are not Democrats. I don't, Neither one. I'm, robots, no. No. Not, not, not robots, neither. No. Uh, this, again, is the it, it's the very essence of legitimate racism to assume that people who share a common language, country of origin, or a common culture or past culture, that they somehow all think the same. Mm. Now, this may sound dumb, like, Dan, why are we even covering this? Because this is legit. The guy's honestly surprised that Hispanic uh, folks in El Paso, Latino folks in El Paso, He's, he's genuinely surprised that they would support the president of the United States coming out to extend his condolences in the midst of a tragedy. Folks, again, the only way to fight this stuff, to fight back against this dreadful, sad, ridiculous ideology is to point out the fact that it's inherently racist to assume that people who share a culture, language, or country of origin all must think the same way. Mm. That's the very essence of a stereotype, you dopes. Did they miss that? Yeah, that dumpster fire, that's spelled D-U-M-B-S-T-E-R. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy, moving on. All right, folks, I warned you. If you didn't take your foundation, your B12s, your your neuroprotective compounds, fish oil... 
There's potential you may lose brain cells. We're not done with this. That was. I'm starting you out with the easiest stuff for Joe, right? You've seen him. Oh, yeah. This was the mild stuff. I just wanted to get that out there because it was, uh, I I thought, a nice gesture for the president to go out there, extend his condolences. I thought he did a good job. I just want to show you the astonishment by the left-wing media. Let's move on here. Folks, the left-wing media is still propagating this nonsense that the president is, in fact, a racist or the president is anti-immigrant. None of this is true. It's not based, in fact, on obvious political attacks. And what they're using it on still, and I hate to keep continuing to cover this story, but I'm still but unbelievably on Twitter and in other outlets, seeing media folks, blue checkmark type people on Twitter. That means, you know, people have supposed to be verified accounts propagating what they call the Charlottesville lie again, that the president is a racist because when he gave a speech after the, uh, the death in Charlottesville by the neo-Nazi guy who uh, ran down Heather Heyer, that the president said there were fine people on both sides. And the president was referring to fine people being Nazis. Ladies and gentlemen, that is an absolute categorical lie. It's creeping up again. Because, again, the media doesn't have they can't attack the president on the economy. They can't attack him on breaking campaign promises. So what do they attack him on? Oh, clearly he's a race. That's all they have. Now, big hat tip to PragerU. PragerU, go check them out. Their Twitter account, at PragerU. They put together fantastic videos. Their YouTube account, PragerU, is definitely worth your time. They have a video up now that is getting tremendous traffic. It's by Steve Cortez, who was a CNN contributor. Steve Cortez talking about the lie that after the Charlottesville, uh, t- uh, the Charlottesville murder there, that the president said that there were neo-Nazis who were good people on both sides. Listen to Steve Cortez, a small snippet from their video. And by the way, I will put a link up to their full content up at the show notes today. I sh- strongly encourage you to watch the whole thing. It is excellent. Check this out. The press conference itself was raucous. The media was antagonistic. The president was combative. Out of it all, one phrase eclipsed the thousands of words exchanged. The media reported that President Trump described neo-Nazis as very fine people. Only he didn't. In fact, he didn't even hint at it. Just the opposite. He condemned the neo-Nazis in no uncertain terms. So then, who were the fine people he mentioned? The answer? He was referring to another group of Charlottesville demonstrators who came out that weekend. Protesters who wanted the Robert E. Lee statue removed and protesters who wanted to keep the statue and restore the park's original name. This is what President Trump said about those peaceful protesters. You also had some very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. A few moments later, in case there would be any misunderstanding, he makes his meaning even more explicit. I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists. They should be condemned totally. I again, I can't encourage you in strong enough terms to go to the whole video. It'll be on our show notes today. We will blast it out to our email list. Please join our email list at Bongino.com. I'll get this right to you. It's worth your time. Yeah. I included that snippet for a reason. 
Because, ladies and gentlemen, not only is what the media telling you, what they're telling you about the Charlottesville speech false, the president actually said the exact opposite. It's not my fault if you continue to act like a lunatic and a liar and continue to propagate the lie that the president was suggesting that neo-Nazis are fine people. That's your issue. Okay, that, I, I mean it. That's your issue. I just wish you would keep the issue to yourself and not try to lie to innocent bystanders and, and propagandize them and get them to believe something is false to divide up the country and get Americans to hate each other using the president as your as your beanbag. It's absurd. Did you listen to the speech? Have you ever seen the transcript? Did you know any of that? Again, I only bring that up again because I've seen it now repeatedly resurface on Twitter, Facebook, and in some media channels about the Charlottesville fine people speech that is in fact false. Mm -hmm. These candidates are making this up. Yep. All right, moving on. Hopefully we preserve some brain cells with that one. This one, I'm not sure. (laughs) Right? Now... You know, Paul and I, we live together. We're married, obviously. Her setup is right outside, but just a little behind the scenes. We don't actually talk that much before the show because she's busy doing her thing and I'm doing mine. I'm not kidding. When I sent her this cut, she goes, come on, this isn't real. I'm like, no, it's real. She's like, Dan, this this guy really said this? No. This Okay, let me just give you some background because I promise you this one about 10% of your frontal cortex is going to die after listening to this. You will have to like <laughs> scrape out portions of brain tissue. So this guy, Frank Figlizzi, Figlizzi, I'm not saying his name, I'm going to be a joke. Nah. Frank Figlizzi, who is apparently a senior level manager at the FBI. Listen, um, you may, FBI folks, PR, FBI, PR, you may want to ask this guy to stop using the FBI name and media appearances after this disaster. This guy, Figlizzi, goes on MSNBC and has a theory again. Remember this common theme here. The president must be a racist. MSNBC stunned that Hispanic and Latinos in El Paso don't hate him. That the Charlottesville thing is back again. The president must be a racist because he did this thing with the flagpole on August 8th. And here's Frank Faglizzi using some like insane numerology thing to show us that the president really is a Nazi by doing this. I'm not kidding. Listen to this stupidity. It's the little things and language and messaging that matters. The president said that we will fly our flags at half-mast until August 8th. That's 8-8. Now, I'm not going to imply that he did this deliberately, but I am using it as an example of the ignorance of the adversary that's being demonstrated by the White House. The numbers 8-8 are very significant in neo-Nazi and white supremacy movement. Why? Because the letter H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. And to them, the numbers 8-8 together stand for Heil Hitler. So we're going to be raising the flag back up uh, at dusk on 8-8. No one's thinking about this. No one's, no one's giving him the advice or he's rejecting the advice. So understand your adversary to counter the adversary. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um. Uh, okay. Uh, 
I, I, number one, it's not half mast on land. It's half staff. <laughs> Mast is at sea on boats, uh, but let's not, I mean, that, listen, that's that's the least of, of, of Frank Forchetta's issues there, whatever his name is. That That's the least of his problems that he doesn't know the difference between sea and land, apparently. Uh, the White House is a, f- a floating fortress, I guess. They're they're flying their flags at half, half, half mast. Um, so the president, can, now let me just get a couple of things out of the way here, because I always like behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> When you go on TV, folks, if you ever, a lot of you out there have, uh, Joe's been in radio a long time. I do a lot of TV, but Joe understands works generally the same ways. Sometimes there's a little pre-interview with a guest beforehand, especially if they're a first timer, Sure, radio and TV. And there's a reason. Um, you, you don't want the guests to go on the air and curse, say anything stupid. And what they'll generally do, and this happens, I've been on every, every cable station that does news, the big ones. I've been on all of them is they'll conduct what's called a pre-interview. And in the pre-interview, they'll ask you for your POV, your point of view, what you're going to say on the air. Um, And it's because they don't want to be embarrassed. I bring that up because there's a decent (laughs) chance, Joe, that Frank Forchetta spoke to someone in a pre-interview and told them this, and they sat there in approval and went, yes, that is Heil Hitler. That's definitely what they were doing by the floating White House flying their flags at half mast. Is that right? 100%. Is that right, guys? They were, Heil Hitler, no, no question about it. That's what they were saying. Oh, Holy Moses. How did somebody not catch this? And Brian Williams, this numbskull, who probably owns a, a floating White House. I mean, he tells stories about everything else. This numbskull at NBC, right, sits there and listens to this guy. And it, folks, we don't ever go Godwin on this show because, you know, the, the scourge of Nazism in the Holocaust was a unique stain yeah. on humankind that has no modern comparison. It's like, slavery you don't you just don't compare those things to anything else the way which an an fbi senior level manager went on the air and equated flying a flag at half staff at the white house on august 8th with some numerology nuttiness that he suggests that the white house somehow you know was a wink and a nod to a bunch of nazis (laughs) is so insane i swear paula am i making this up before the show, she's like, this is not real. I said, it's real. It's not the Babylon Bee. This is real. This knucklehead really believes this. <laughs> the part I liked is when he says, nobody ever thinks of this. <laughs> you know? No. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's a reason for that. There's a reason nobody ever thinks of this. There's a reason, dude. dude. Oh, my gosh. Think- Do you realize how dumb this is? You can... Now... Listen, I don't know anything about white supremacy. Oh. I don't know if 8-8 means that or I have no idea. I'm oh, proud to say that. I'm simply suggesting to you that Joe's right. Nobody says that because I can guarantee you Donald Trump and his team don't know either. You think they're sitting around going, okay, flag and half staff August 8th. Uh, let's see. Let's research a Nazi site oh. and 8-8 or oh, maybe 8, eight. Folks. Nobody thinks that. I, what's next, Joe? I mean, seriously, yeah, what's yeah. next? Like, Donald Trump would be in the White House. He's got like a, an eyelash in his eye. He blinks. He blinks eight times. He blinked eight times. That's clearly a sign to Nazis. I mean, is this guy, are they crazy? And Brian Williams. Yeah. Frank. Frank Forchetta. You are. You just nailed it, buddy. Wow. That, who was the booker who booked this guy? 
If this guy appears on television again, this guy should be banned forever. I'm sorry. I should be. I'm I'm not talking about a legal ban. I'm telling you for your business model, which is already broken and CNN and MSNBC and elsewhere. You have one or two shows at work. The rest are falling apart. You should never allow an imbecile like this on your show again. (laughs) Frank Forcato sitting there. You know, you really should have known better. This is clearly the denotation of the HH, which means Heil Hitler. What are you talking about? Are you crazy? Now, folks, this is the expansion of what I've I've warned you about this a lot. This is going to feed into my next piece here. When I get this legal insurrection piece of it, Joe, I don't know if you know, you can't say clown now either. What? You call someone a clown, you're a white supremacist. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get Joe didn't see this one. Joe doesn't see the hard uh, articles. He only sees the video. Okay. So I get to surprise him with some stuff. So I'm just warning you folks. Clown means white supremacist too. I've warned you about, I'm going to get to that in a second. I've warned you about this repeatedly. The left does this very strategically, and useful idiots like uh, Frank Forchetto play into the game. Okay? What they do is they pretend to have a set of rules about what what, what, what comprises decent conversation. But they randomly change the rules on a dime to nail conservatives for not obeying the rules they said are the rules. I've given the examples a thousand. I'm not going to say them again, but they do this all the time. They'll change the meaning of the word clown. Literally, it's coming up next. They will change the date, August 8th, and half-staff mass, mass, he doesn't even know the difference, flag flying. That's a new rule now. And the new rule apparently couldn't left is be careful what you do on August 8th because anything may be a wink and a nod to Nazis. What are you talking about? They just made this new rule up. You get why, right? Not because they mean it. Or Frank Flagato, he doesn't mean it either. Flagato has no idea. Flagato's falling into this trap of instantly changing a rule to make a connection that doesn't exist to make you believe Donald Trump is, in fact, a Nazi. I'm not kidding. They do this all the time. They do it with, typically it's done with words where you find out after the fact that your use of a commonly used word is all of a sudden homophobic, transphobic, racist, misogynist, you're like, clown? Clowns, are- yes, clown is now the tool of white supremacists. We'll get to that in a second. Um, <laughs> and folks, I- I'm really sorry. I- again, I just, I want you to be prepared for what's coming. This is happening right now. TDS level six infections, the highest level of Trump derangement syndrome, viral infestation is everywhere now. August 8th is a, you're a Nazi clown. You're a white supremacist. I mean, next thing you know, I mean, remember, you can't make the you're not even allowed to make the OK side. OK, that's a white supremacist. It, it, I thought it meant OK. No, it means you're a white supremacist. It does. Huh? I'm actually, I'm I'm not even kidding. There are times when I do the zero, I do it like this because of these goofball lunatics. You may say, well, you're caving to them. I'm not caving to these idiots at all. This means okay, okay? Okay. Okay. A-okay. Okay. It's, uh, I just don't (laughs) want the message getting lost sometimes in the sheer lunacy of what we're dealing with right now. (laughs) Track 19, folks. Track 19. (laughs) 
<laughs> get the red get cap. The red cap. <laughs> get the red cap for Frank Fugliato. Oh, special Because CD. Fugliato is, uh, believe me, the FBI PR, reach out to this guy immediately. Please Ooh. tell him to stop using your name. And who, uh, the booker, seriously, MSNBC, th- that booker needs to go. Stat. Can you imagine that pre-interview? Oh, heavens. I got something for you. I've got something for you you are not going to believe. Listen, I've had some bad appearances on cable news over the years where you say something and you're like, hey, I wish you could have said yeah. that better. I can honestly tell you I've never had an appearance where I come out there and said, listen, my numerology is telling me that if you were born on December 4th, 1974, that you are clearly a space alien, crawl-like, Thanos-like creature <laughs> looking to take over the Earth in the Infinity Wars. And the people on the air are like, hello? The booker would be like, are you a moron? We'll be right this back. This is Fox News, you idiot. <laughs> we'll be right back. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Cut to commercial. ASAP. We'll be right back. Dude, screen cuts to white. Hey, see, there you go. Mess with the camera again. You see that? You see that? Yeah. That's what I was trying to do with my arms. Look yeah, at that. Look we're, at that. We're having all kinds of camera issues this week. I don't know if you noticed on the YouTube, I looked a little green. All right, let me get to the sponsor. Today's show brought to you by buddies at stamps.com. Listen, you don't have time to go to the post office. You're busy. We're busy here at Bongino Inc. in this place. That's the actual name of our company. You got time for that traffic and parking? Of course you don't. Stamps.com. Stamps.com. You want to lug all your mails and uh, mail and packages out there in a the car looking for parking spots? Who has the time for this? You don't. Stamps.com. Can be a hassle without Stamps.com. You get Stamps.com, you clear up all those problems. That's why you need Stamps.com, one of the most popular time-saving tools for small businesses. Stamps.com eliminates trips to the post office and saves you money with discounts you can't even get at the post office. Stamps.com brings all the amazing services of the U.S. post office right to your computer. Are you a small business sending invoices or an online seller shipping out products? Even a warehouse sending thousands of packages a day? Get a load of this. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, hand it to your mail carrier, drop it in a mailbox. It's really that simple. We love Stamps.com here. With Stamps.com, you get five cents off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off priority mail. Not to mention it's a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com is really a no-brainer, saving you time and money. It's no wonder over 700,000 small businesses already use Stamps.com. Right now, my listeners get a special offer. That includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in Dan. That's stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page to get that deal and enter Dan, D-A-N, my name. Okay. Moving on. Hope those neuroprotective components have kicked in. All right. Here's a legal insurrection piece, apparently. Now using the word clown is a tool of right, white supremacists, which is, oh, gosh, that's really, because we we call people clowns on this show a lot. Yeah. Uh, this is a piece by Mary Chastain. Legal insurrection will be in the show notes today. Is calling Democrats clowns the new white supremacist slur. But I guess you can still call and depict non-leftists as clowns. Classic double standard. Uh, folks. Here's the background to this story. There is a North Carolina nine congressional race, North Carolina District nine congressional race between Dan Bishop and Dan McCready. McCready is the Democrat. Dan Bishop ran a campaign ad depicting uh, the clown car, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others as clowns. So, of course, um, 
this opponent and others had to retweet an article where what does the left do? Because again, they don't have an actual substantive debate to go back and forth about why the Democrats aren't clowns. They have to change the rules in the middle of the game. Remember, because if they can't catch it, they're going to make you a racist Mm. or a white supremacist no matter what. Apparently, clown is now a white supremacist word. Well, uh, the legal insurrection piece, they did a little digging came up with hundreds of examples of liberals calling Donald Trump a clown. But here's one of my uh, uh, one of my personal, uh, and I'm not going to say favorites because it's pretty disgusting, but an example of, again, how these rules are not really rules. They're only rules that applies to conservatives to kind of put them in a corner. Here is a tweet from the New York Daily News. This is not a joke. This is the actual clowns at the New York Daily News uh, in a tweet on the front cover of their page uh, showing President Trump as what? A clown. The headline, the clown who plays kings can't overthrow the bedrock values this nation was founded on 242 years ago today. So apparently the New York Daily News, again, by the left's fake rules, because they're not really rules, Mm. but assuming they are rules for a moment, by the left's new rules, Joe, it's fair to say, right, that the Daily News is engaging in white supremacist type behavior. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, liberals are saying, oh, no, 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 not us. No, no. I only meant clown when it comes from a conservative. That clown means white supremacy. But when we say clown, it means like an insult, like clown, clown, like you act like a clown, like you're silly, like you're stupid, like good fellas, like what am I, a clown to you? Remember that? Yeah. That's the kind of clown thing we're talking about oh, there. Okay. But when you say, you, you, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, dude, I get it. Yeah. I get sure. you're trying to understand this. Yeah. But it just doesn't make any sense. No. It's not supposed to make sense. My best advice to you before this election cycle begins is to ignore this stuff. Ignore this stuff and just plow right through, ladies and gentlemen, because you will lose your mind trying to adjust daily to these liberal. I will say clown when I want. I will say what I want when I want, and I will not fall prey to your nonsense rules. And you shouldn't either. You may say, oh, what about what you said before about the okay? That's I'm telling you, that's entirely it's for a totally different reason. It distracts from the show for in a number of different ways, unrelated to the leftist re-symbolizing of the OK symbol. Trust me. I just don't want to get distracted there. You. I'm serious. We're all dumber for having seen this. All right. Moving on. Speaking of dumb, Joaquin Castro, congressman from uh, from Texas, who yesterday thought it was a good idea to tweet out the names and uh, employers of Donald Trump donors in apparently an effort to get them harassed, fired, whatever it may be, has been taking tremendous heat, thankfully. Um, And Castro, this guy is just a complete tool. Um, He's a disgrace to the U.S. Congress. This is an embarrassment. I explained yesterday the whole, the left, oh, it's public information. Ladies and gentlemen, your address, I got news for you, is probably public information too. I promise you, I'm not going to send your address out on Twitter if I disagree with you politically and make it easy for people to find you and harass you. Just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Well, look at this dope Castro. Castro winds up tweeting out the names of, check out this Fox News piece by Brooke Singman. Joaquin Castro outed his own donors in a bid to shame Trump supporters. This moron Uh. who tweeted the names out of these people, some of them donated to his campaign too in substantial sums of money. So now one of them, a guy by the name, you can check this out in the piece, Wayne Harwell, of who's in real estate. I'm not, he spoke to Fox News. The only reason I bring his name up or yesterday we kept the names quiet. But here's what one of the donors said. Wayne Harwell, who's a real estate guy who was 
excuse me, he was one of the um, one of the guys who was doxxed. Says I think some of the Democrat rhetoric is more hateful than some of Trump's rhetoric. He said, "I think the San Antonio community needs to take a real deep look at what Castro is doing." This is a great line. Why is he doing this? He added, "If he wants to play in Washington, he should move to Washington. If he wants to play in San Antonio, it needs to at least be sensitive." The rest of the community is sensitive. We're sensitive to both Republican and Democrat views. A lot of us here in San Antonio are independents. Harwell said Castro was drawing hard lines and it was, quote, not helpful. What a colossal craftsman. Yeah. Castro, that is. And by craftsman, I mean toolbox. What a tool. He <laughs> tweets out to dox and have harassed names of Trump huh. donors who are his donors, too. Listen, it's time to take the L. He's trying to play tough guy. Here's what's going on, by the way. I always like to give you a little inside baseball. Here's what I'm getting from some of my sources up there, right? Mm -hmm. Castro's embarrassed. He's damaged his uh, brother's, uh, Castro's brother, Julian Castro's presidential campaign. He's been pretty much renounced by uh, not all, but a lot of even left-wing media types who sense that this is dangerous. He understands now that the backlash has been severe even in his own community. And he's trying to double down to save face. My recommendation to you is Craftsman Castro. It's time to take the L. Fully, 100%, apologize, delete the tweet, promise to never do it again, and tell everybody what a fool you are. It's the only way to save the remnants of your broken, destroyed reputation. Folks, you may ask too, you know, it's two days in a row you brought this story up. Why are you so concerned about it? You know, folks, in my prior line of work, there are some really dangerous people out there. There are really dangerous people out there that, you know, only need a little bit to be tipped over the edge. You don't need to be exposing people's names out there. There are really sick, troubled people. And for all the nonsense and lies about President Trump's rhetoric, especially the Charlottesville stuff, which is not exactly true, it's false as a matter of fact, this is a direct threat to someone out there by a congressman who should know better. This is dangerous stuff. And if a Republican did it, I assure you, I would say the exact same thing. Do not. This is a very, very bad idea. All right, moving on. I um, really been dying to get to this for a couple of days now. It's uh, really important stuff. This battle with China is heating up. Ladies and gentlemen, this trade fight is heating up. Uh, it's we're at we're at like we're approaching tier ten on a ten level scale now. What's going on? Well, as you can see in this Wall Street Journal piece, the stock market stabilized the other day a little bit, bounced back from its fall. Its fall, but that's not why I put this piece up on the Wall Street Journal. It's Michael Warstorn who wrote it. It was an August seventh piece. I didn't put it up to talk about the stock market. The second part of the headline is Wall Street Journal piece is what I want to focus on for a minute. And it's important stuff. The U.S. stocks, U.S. stocks regain ground. The yuan stabilizes. They're talking about the Chinese currency, which had taken a dive. The Chinese devalued it. Folks, what's going on behind the scenes with China right now? What can what can happen? Where how can this break really bad, really fast? Again, as I've said before, I don't object to what the president is doing. I kind of compare it to our military buildup. And I'll get to the Trump doctrine in a minute. We're trying to we're trying to put together a kind of a coherent Trump doctrine. I think we have one now. But I compare this to the military buildup with the Reagan Gorbachev years. Reagan understood that yes, it was going to cost a lot of money 
to build our military, to build SDI, to build all of these things. But it was enough that the Soviet economy couldn't keep up with us. It eventually bankrupted the Soviet Union, drove them out of business. There was a short-term pain there. The short-term pain was obviously the threat of nuclear war, but you had the liberal media, I mean, uh, you know, very parasitic in the day, feeding off this negative energy all the time, suggesting, I'm sure you remember this well, Joe, Reagan's a warmonger. He's going to get us into a war with Russia. Actually, he did the opposite. He got us out out of a war with the Soviet Union and actually bankrupted the entire Soviet empire, which promptly collapsed after the Reagan years were done. I have to give Trump a lot of credit for this. And again, I'm not a golden calf worshiper of politicians. I think President Trump understands that although he's going to take it on the chin with the economy now, that long term, a freer, fairer trade environment with the Chinese economy, which is very powerful, is our only future. And that he's not going to sacrifice short term economic gain for a long term goal. Now, the Chinese are playing hardball. Here's what happened. Here's why that story about the Wan is important. Mm-hmm. What the Chinese did to make their Because a tariff, as I said in the show on Monday, a tariff is a tax at the border for Chinese products being sold here. It makes those Chinese products more expensive. Why? Because there's a tax put on them. If it's a 10% tax, you're going to pay 10% more, which does what? Makes Chinese products less competitive against American products. You have one Chinese gavel. You have one American gavel. The Chinese gavel is 10% more because of the tax. People are going to buy the American gavel. The Chinese don't want that. Why? Because the Chinese are trying to engage in a global economic war to make themselves a manufacturing behemoth. They don't want their gavels to be 10% more expensive due to the tariff. So what did the Chinese do? They devalued their currency, making their currency worth less. Mm -hmm. And by devaluing their currency, all of the products coming in from China denominated in Chinese currency before they cross the border are going to be cheaper because American dollars are worth more than the Chinese dollar was before the devaluation. You get it? Mm -hmm. We can buy products now in China because we get more Chinese yuan for our American dollars because the Chinese government, which does not have an independent central bank, devalued their money. We explained that on the show two days ago, but it's a key point. So you may be saying to yourself now, brilliant strategy. Why don't the Chinese just continue to devalue? In other words, Joe, Trump hikes a tariff 10%, devalue your currency 10%. The Chinese gavel stays the same price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're paying a, the Chinese are paying the tax, but the price went down, right? Right. Because of a couple of things, folks. The Chinese can't do that. Because tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in China and businesses have some of their debt denominated in U.S. dollars. So if the Chinese completely tank their currency, all of these Chinese citizens that took out loans in U.S. dollars and are still in China are now going to have to pay back twice as many Chinese dollars as they would have the day before the devaluation if they tanked their currency. Ouch. They can't. The Chinese, they're limited. They Now, they, they can. They can do it. They would absolutely decimate their economy. So they're limited in what they can do. They have to act in certain bands. Again, I'm trying to give you the upside and the downside because this is going to get really hot before the election. These Chinese business owners 
and some wealthy folks who took out loans taking advantage of low interest rates in U.S. dollars, not in their Chinese currency. They have to pay it back in Chinese currency. But if the Chinese currency is worth less, it's going to take them that much more Chinese currency, one, to pay back the dollar they owe in debt. Reason number one, the Chinese right now are really between a rock and a hard place. But there's another reason, ladies and gentlemen. It's not that simple to just keep continuing to lower and lower and lower uh, the value of your currency. By doing so, number one, you force your people to work twice as hard to get the same amount of U.S. dollars. You're basically destroying the value of their labor. But secondly, during this trade war, if these companies leave China because of these tariffs and the Chinese are limited in how much they can devalue their currency, folks, I promise you there's no coming back, at least no time soon. So as I said in another prior show, who loves us right now? Vietnam and Mexico. Because what's happening, Joseph? Mm. These companies are picking up. They're saying, you know what? I'm not going to pay this tariff. Say you have a multinational, a company that's multinational. You produce products here in the U.S., products overseas. Those products you produce overseas in China, you're going to have to pay that tariff and raise your prices. Some of these companies are saying, nah, I'm not interested. Uh, we're going to uproot the factory. We're going to put it in Vietnam. We're going to put it in Mexico. The Chinese are freaking out. Folks, when you lose those factories, I've got news for you. A lot of them aren't coming back. And they're panicking. Chinese goal number one has always been to make themselves a manufacturing behemoth. And once those factories are hollowed out, as we've seen in many portions of industrial America, it is almost impossible to bring economic vitality back to those areas. It happens, but not often. The Chinese are panicking. Now, as I said to you in the beginning of the show, and I'm going to move on. I got a couple other things to get to, too. It's been a pretty stacked news week. They do have uh, the mother of all economic bombs, though. What is that? I'm talking about the Chinese. Now, this would be a drastic step that would probably destroy any relationship we had with China. They own right now $1.1 trillion in U.S. treasuries. Ladies and gentlemen, if they were to dump those U.S. treasuries back onto the market in mass, the price of those treasuries would collapse and remember, when you're talking about bonds, yields, the interest rates paid on those bonds, move in the opposite direction of the price. So think about this. If the Chinese were to take a staggering one point, well, they don't have to take the whole thing, even a portion of the $1.1 trillion in U.S. government-denominated bonds they have and dump them on the market, like anything else, ladies and gentlemen, you want to dump the price of something? You create a surplus of it. Mm. You want to make Corvettes really cheap? make 10 million Corvettes. They'll be, they, 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 people be dying to get rid of them. Supply demand, create an oversupply. You're going to dump the price. The price of us bonds would crater. And remember interest rates go in the opposite direction of the price. Interest rates would go through the roof. So the Chinese do have that mother of all economic bombs. Are they going to use it? I doubt it because why Joe, they own the bonds. They have $1.1 trillion in bonds. If they tank the price of the bonds, they're also going to tank the price of the bonds they, ha- mm-hmm. bonds they have. I'm just telling you. I'm trying to lay out short-term, long-term, good, bad, where this could go. No one thought we were going to get into a currency devaluation war either. 
One last thing on this about the Trump doctrine. Everybody's going to find a doctrine, the Bush doctrine, the Obama doctrine. These things are very rarely laid out as the doctrine, so to say. But I'm starting to put together in my head, and I'm, I'm by, by no means am I the first person to think of this. Uh, many, many smart people have started to put this together, too. The Trump doctrine is starting to come together, Joe. Unlike most presidents in the past, Trump does not separate defense issues. I'm talking largely, not, not fine granular points, mm-hmm. from economic issues. Does that make sense? Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm, let me say this a different way. If you're Trump, get in Trump's head for a moment. Trump's a businessman. Mm-hmm. Trump understands, there's no question in my mind, he understands the threat China and North Korea play with us. He, he gets it. He understands the threat. He's, he, whether you think he's dumb or not, that's your liberal problem. It's not mine. He's, he's a very bright guy. I've spoken to him. I'm not pretending we're best friends. He's a bright guy. He talks like a guy from Queens, like I do. He's a very smart guy. I don't think he separates the economic and defense spheres. Does that make sense? Presidents in the past have kept those things different. He understands that we don't want to get into a war with China. Mm-hmm. So he understands with China that if he can make an appeal on the economic front that, listen, we are in this economic battle to win it, that it will hopefully keep us out of a fight over the Formosa Strait or Taiwan. That enabling China economically to take advantage of us may feed into this Chinese mentality of defense superiority in the future, too. Hmm. He doesn't separate the two spaces. I'm sorry if this is a little complex, but think about it in terms of North Korea. Maybe it'd be easier to understand. Okay. I was over in Vietnam for that North Korea summit. What does Trump constantly talk about with North Korea? The president constantly mentions the fact that the potential for economic development yes. there. He even says, wow, look at their waterfront line. He doesn't separate the two. And I think the way he intends to break the back of the Chinese is not the way Reagan broke the back of the Soviets. You see, everything ties in with a military buildup, although he believes in our military, uh, President Trump. But he intends to do it on the economic side. He intends to do it on the economic side. Reagan triaged the military buildup first as a way to basically race them out of it, knowing their economy couldn't keep up. So technically conflated a bit. But Trump, I think, sees it the opposite way. He he tangles these two together, the economic and the defense space, understanding that if we can beat them on the economic front and get back to a free or fair relationship, it'll diffuse the defense friction we have between the two countries. I don't know. Send me your feedback. I'd love to hear. I could be wrong. Yeah. But, um, you know, I... I, I, I just find that interesting. The more I read about his foreign policy, the more I'm convinced that's exactly what he's doing. All right. Last sponsor of the day. And I got a couple others. <laughs> just get liberals. Every day it's something new with the libs. <laughs> All right. Today's show finally brought to you by buddies at Bravo Company Manufacturing. This is in the market for a rifle or a pistol. Bravo Company MFG is your place. They make the finest rifles and pistols out there. Bravo Company MFG.com. Bravo Company MFG.com. Listen. I love learning about our rights in our Second Amendment, big Second Amendment supporter. Owning a rifle is an awesome responsibility, and building rifles is no different. Bravo Company Manufacturing was started in a garage by a Marine veteran more than two decades ago. Bravo Company Manufacturing, or BCM for short, builds a professional-grade product which is built to combat standards. Folks, this is not a sporting arms company. 
It's a company that makes weapons to defend your life, the life of our law enforcement officers and our military. It's built to combat standards. It's because BCM believes the same level of protection should be provided to every American, regardless if they're a private citizen, law enforcement professional, or a soldier. Bravo Company Manufacturing is not a sporting arms company. They design, engineer, and manufacture life-saving equipment. BCM assumes that when any rifle or pistol leaves their shop, it will be used in a life-or-death situation by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or a soldier overseas. So quality is of the utmost importance to them. Every component of BCM rifles is hand-assembled and tested by Americans in Heartland, Wisconsin, to a life-saving standard. BCM puts people before their products. They make life-saving equipment. Ladies and gentlemen, these people know what they're doing. I have two of them. They are really fine quality pieces of equipment. I can't recommend them enough. To learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, head over to bravocompanymfg.com where you can discover more about their products, special offers, and upcoming news. That's bravocompanymfg.com. Need more convincing? Check them out in the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash bravocompanyusa. Bravo Company, uh, sorry, youtube.com slash bravocompanyusa. Go check that out. Okay. Oh boy. So I just want to throw this in there quickly because it's another, you know, I love debunking liberal nonsense. It's so easy because liberals can never stick to the position. Remember they change. Here are the rules. Here are the new rules. You know, they, they claim that principles when they don't, they lie often and said that capital gains indexing conversation has come up again. Mm. Uh, and it's important. It's important because Chuck Schumer just wrote this letter against it. Donald Trump is proposing for economic growth that we index capital gains. Very simply, best example I can give you is you have a capital gain on, say, a stock. You're going to pay taxes on your nominal gains on that stock. If I bought the stock for a dollar and sold it for 10, 30 years later, you're going to pay a tax on that $9. Folks, you really didn't make $9. Due to inflation, you probably made closer to 3 or $4. Depends how long the time period was, right? Mm-hmm. President Trump is supposing indexing those gains to inflation so you don't pay taxes on the whole amount because you didn't make the whole amount. Brilliant idea. Very well done. Well, Chucky Schumer's come out against this. You know, he's a principled man. Oh, yeah. He doesn't like this. I'll show you his letter in a minute. He hates this idea because he doesn't like economic growth, apparently. I'm not sure why he would want us to pay taxes on money we didn't make due to government's poor uh, monetary decisions, right? Well, they say, oh, the Federal Reserve is not really a government entity. Yeah, sure. Um, listen, there's, it's, it's a disaster over there, what they're doing, too, with our monetary policy. But here's a video of Chuck Schumer. Was this Paul in 1992? Here's Chuck Schumer in 1992. He must be saying in his video, clearly he hates this idea, right? About indexing capital yeah. gains. This is evidence. Yeah, because yeah. he's a principal guy, yeah, right? Let's yeah. play that video and see what he has to say. If we really want to increase growth, there are proposals that we can do. I would be for indexing all capital gains and savings and borrowing. And that indeed would shift the balance in this country away from too much consumption too much borrowing and towards more savings and investment over the long run. Huh? Did you hear that? Uh, <laughs> did you, Joe, did you mess with that? No. Did you cut that, like edit it? And it, was that like one of those things where you took separate words and yeah. put it together to have Chuck Schumer say something no. and say, you didn't, right? No. That's a clip. That's a, that's a coherent, a complete thought. Straight clip. Uh, that's Chuck Schumer in 1992 defending the exact same thing Donald Trump proposed. Now, the reason I bring <laughs> yeah. this up I just, this is hat tip Phil Kirpin, by the way, on Twitter, who pointed out this uh, this letter. Here's Chuck Schumer's letter that he launched out not that long ago here, objecting to this exact same plan 
by President Trump to do the same thing, despite the fact that he's actually on videotape suggesting that this will lead to better economic growth, uh, less consumption and better savings, better savings, leading to more investment and higher wages and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Schumer had it right in 1992. He only changed his mind, of course, because it's politically convenient and uh, Donald Trump's in office showing you again, ladies and gentlemen, that being a liberal requires you to forfeit all common sense. I'm sorry if you've lost axons and dendrites during the show, oh, yeah. but I'm just, again, trying to show you that they just don't care. Truth, honesty, and principles are entirely irrelevant. All right, a couple quick uh, things I want to get to, too. Uh, by the way, tune into the uh, Five today, please, on the Fox News channel. Be ready to rock and roll today. I will be there co-hosting today and tomorrow, the Five. I will also be on Hannity, guest hosting Friday night. Please tune in. You guys and ladies make me look very good out there. I really appreciate it. We're always number one. We're on there. So thank you very much. We were number one in the demo too, which is pretty spectacular. So the five Thursday and Friday, Hannity on Friday night. Thank you very much. Uh, More tech tyranny, folks. Story at the Daily Caller. This is just astonishing. The cesspool Twitter has become. There's an account out there that supports Mitch McConnell called Team Mitch. Chuck Ross piece uh, be at the show notes today. Twitter locked McConnell campaign account for posting video of protesters Outside McConnell's home. Um, yes, this actually happened. This actually. So Mitch McConnell's campaign team posted a video of lunatic protesters outside. One of them says something like stab his mother heart oh. out or something like that. McConnell's team. You get that they're, they're protesters threatening McConnell. Yeah. McConnell's team posts it like, hey, look at these guys. This is is crazy. And McConnell's team gets locked out of their Twitter account. What was trending all weekend on Twitter that they did nothing about? Hashtag Massacre Mitch, by the way. Folks, Twitter's garbage. It's complete, total garbage. There's some rumors and some rumblings out there. I'd be remiss if I didn't get into this. It's a story up on Drudge this morning. That there's an executive order forthcoming from the White House to look into tech bias. I'm all for it. Yep. Let's see what they got. But this is absurd. Team Mitch is locked out of their account for posting a video of protesters threatening their boss while Massacre Mitch trends over the weekend. <sighs> Crazy. All right. Well, I'll end this Thursday on a, on a little bit of a low note. A high note for me, but a low note nonetheless. Right before we were going live on the show today, mm-hmm. I said, Paula, time out. Time out. Red flag. We had to go under the hood for review before the <laughs> show. I got my old red flags there. Got, we, got, we got stuff everywhere. Oh, here's another one. Someone sent this. Fraud alert. <laughs> Fraud alert. You like that? Pretty cool, right? <laughs> Fraud alert. I don't know who said that. Thank you. It was very nice. You put the names on them somewhere, right? Oh. You guys are great. You don't have to send stuff, by the way. I appreciate it. It's very nice of you, but it's kind of funny. Um, Michael Moore. You know Michael Moore. The, um, yeah. The, I don't know what you want to call director or whatever it is. I'm going to be careful here where I go with this, too, because I, you know, I work out a lot, and I'm very sensitive to this kind of stuff, and I mean it. But this is kind of an interesting tweet. The owner of SoulCycle and Equinox, the owner, the guy's very wealthy. He owns SoulCycle. SoulCycle is like a spinning type class, I guess. I don't, I don't, I've heard of it, but I, I don't go there. Um, and Equinox, which is a gym chain, is hosting a fundraiser for Donald Trump uh, in the Hamptons. Um, let me be very careful here, uh, Joe. So here's what Michael Moore tweeted in response to that, his objections to the Soul 
cycle owner. It's an exercise place. That's it! Exclamation point. This is from Michael Moore. I just canceled my Soul Cycle membership. Okay. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. I'm going to leave that one right there. You do with that what you will. I hope to see you later on the five. Nothing to add. I just wanted to throw that in at the end of the show. Michael Moore is a big soul cycle guy. Okay. all right i'll see you guys later on the five don't miss the show tomorrow (laughs) take care folks you just heard the dan bongino show you can also get dan's podcasts on itunes or soundcloud and follow dan on twitter 24 7 at d bongino